Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. Can you put your hands together and welcome them? Thank you so much for joining us today online. And if you're ever in the area, we hope that you'll stop by one Sunday morning and check us out at 930 or 11 o'clock. Now, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn it to Habakkuk, the second chapter. We're going to continue with a series that we started last week called Dating Destiny. And this entire series is talking about nurturing the relationship between who you are right now and who you are becoming. How many of you understand that who you are right now is not who you will ultimately be? Every day, if we are in Christ, we are to grow closer and closer to him, becoming more like him and getting closer to the purpose for which he has created us. Every single person has a design for their life and you have a destiny. There are no accidents. Turn to the person next to you and say, there are no accidents. Your parents may have gotten together several years ago and had a one-night thing, and to them it was an oops moment, but God had his hand and his mind on you before you were formed in your mother's womb. The Bible says he knew you. There are no accidents. There are no accidents in this place. You were created by God, designed by God, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made by him. Amen? So we want to talk about nurturing this relationship so that we can walk in the full potential of God, who God has called us to be. And so Habakkuk, the second chapter, starting in verse 2, we'll start with a verse that we read last week where the Bible says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. Write the vision down. I want you to... Write it down so that you can rehearse it. I want you to have something that you can look at. I want you to have something that you can focus on so that the more you focus on the vision, you'll be able to run well with it. When God comes to Abraham, he tells Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. That's a huge vision. That's a huge plan for someone's life. I'm going to use you, as a matter of fact, to bring the Savior of the world into this earth, and then through him, through Jesus, every single person who puts their faith and trust in Jesus is now going to belong to the same family that you're a part of, Abraham. But the only problem is Abraham didn't even have a kid at the time. I mean, does anybody like, can you imagine God showing up to you and saying, I'm going to make you the father of many nations that you don't have one child? And to top it off, Abraham's 75 years old. Anybody care to admit that they're at least 75 years old in here? Imagine how scary that would be. Hey, I know you're 75 years old, man, but you're about to have a kid. And that kid is going to produce more kids. You're going to be the father of many nations. There would be a lot of questions Swimming around in my simple little mind. How being one of them. I'm 75 years old. And not only am I 75, I don't have any kids. And the promise that God gave him of that son doesn't happen until he's 100 years old. That's a long time to wait. 
And so what God does is along the journey, he'll bring Abraham out of his tent and he'll say, Abraham, I want you to look up at the stars and start, start to count them. Because if you can count the stars in the sky, now you're going to be able to grasp how big your family is going to be. I want you, when you go to the beach, I want you to begin to look down at the sand on the seashore and, and think about the grains of the sand and how numerous they are, how, how, how many there are, so many you can't even count, and that's going to be a picture of how great your family is going to be. I want you, when you step out of your tent at night and look up, to be reminded of the vision I have for your life. I want to give you something that you can focus on. Are you following me? Focus is important. We talked about that last week. The vision God has for your life is the direction your life should go in, but focus is what gets you there. And so God gives Abraham a focus for the vision of the promise that he has for him. Verse one, write it down. I want to encourage you if, you, if God has given you a dream or a vision for your life, write it down. Keep it in front of you. Because as life goes on and things get difficult, you're going to need to remind yourself that God has a purpose for you. Write down the vision. Make it plain so that when you read it, you can have something to run well with. And then he says in verse 3, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. The vision awaits its appointed time. I want to say it one more time. The vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie if it seems slow. Wait for it. If it seems to be delayed, wait for it because it will surely come. How many of you know that God is not a man that he should lie? The Bible says that he watches over his word to perform it. So immediately when God through his mouth releases a vision into your life, you can take it to the bank. It may seem slow, it may seem delayed, but if you will wait, you should know, surely know that it will Surely come and it will not delay. The title of today's subject is Delayed Dreams. Turn to the person next to you and say Delayed Dreams. Does anybody in here hate waiting? I hate waiting for stuff. If I have a doctor's appointment and they say it's going to be at 10 a.m., I expect to be in the hallway by 9.55 a.m. I expect to be in the room by 10 a.m., greeted by at least one medical professional. And if I'm not, I get a little bit antsy. I mean, is anybody with me? Like you get frustrated? Like when you've done everything within your power to be on time, they tell you, I want you there 15 minutes early. Cool. I'll be there. I'll get the forms done. So that at 10 o'clock, we can begin to have a meeting. I, I, I went to the doctor recently. They said 10 o'clock. Okay. I'm there at 945. I fill out all my paperwork. 1015 rolls around. Nobody said my name. I'm starting to get frustrated. Finally, when they do get me back in the room, they check my blood pressure. And they're like, your blood pressure's high. I'm like, no joke. It was really good at 10 a.m. <laughs> I don't like to wait. I don't like to be delayed. You know, my family, if, if they go on vacation, like from a Saturday to Saturday, a lot of times they'll drive on and I'll stay here for church. And then 
I'll immediately leave service and go to the airport and catch a flight. And I remember this one time, I left church, like as soon as it was over, I told all the guys, like, I've got to go. I don't have time to stand around. I've got to go. And so I've got my, my little bat escape hatch over there also known as an exit door on the side of the building. So if there's a fire, there's one right there and there's one right there. But I immediately like went out the bad escape, got in the car, went directly to the airport, got there two hours early because that's what you should do. Even though I'm TSA pre-check, I like to get there. I like to get to the, to the gate. I like to know everything's good because I've missed a flight before. How many of you know that's terrible? And so I'm there in enough time. I'm sitting in the airport and the intercom Speaker goes off and they tell me my flight's delayed. It's no big deal, it's just a little bit. So I call my wife, I'm like, hey, listen, flight's been delayed, I'll let you know when I know more and you can come pick me up. The flight keeps on getting pushed back farther and farther and farther. So finally I'm like, you know what, I'm going to the Delta Lounge. So I'll go to the Delta Lounge, at least I can sit in a comfortable chair and eat some free peanuts, because how many of you know Jesus blesses free peanuts? And so I'm in there, I'm eating my free peanuts, and I get the announcement again, flight's been pushed back. And I'm getting frustrated because I'm having to sit and wait in this airport all by myself when my family is out of town enjoying the trip. I mean, it's one thing, it's one thing if, you, if everybody's having to wait, but it's a completely different thing to know that you're being delayed while everyone else is having fun. Everyone else is somewhere else enjoying themselves. They're frolicking in the sand, swimming in the ocean, and I'm sitting in an airport and I'm getting mad because I should be enjoying what you're enjoying. I should be doing what you're doing. My toes should be in the water, and as Zach Brown prophesied, my should be in the sand. And it's not. I hate being delayed, knowing like everyone else is somewhere else doing what I want to do. And sometimes it's like that in life. Everyone else is somewhere you want to be, doing what you want to do. They seems like they're all experiencing what you want to experience, and yet you're just stuck right here where you are. And that's a frustrating feeling. Like by this point in your life, like, I thought I'd be married. By this point in your life, you're like, you thought, like, well, by now I should have kids. Everybody else has kids. Everybody else has married, is married. Or, you know, my career should be at this place because everyone else is there. Or by now I should have already received this promotion. Like, like they've all received promotions. And, and we start getting in this frustrated mode because everyone else is where it's, they seem like they should be, but not me. I'm still stuck here. And the first thing when we talk about dating destiny that you got to understand is this, and hear me very carefully, never compare your life to anyone else's life. Never compare where you are to where someone else is because we all have a different journey and we all have a different appointed time. Somebody say appointed time. And so what I have learned in life when it comes to destiny is many times when things seem to be delayed, it's actually God's perfect timing. I want to say that again. When things seem to be delayed, it's actually God's perfect timing. That's why Habakkuk says, if it seems slow, he doesn't back it up by saying, well, it's because it actually is slow. 
He said, if it seems slow, it just seems that way. It just seems slow. He says, wait for it. Wait for it. Why do I need to wait? Why why can I rest in this moment when things seem slow? Because there is an appointed time. There's an appointed time for you to receive a dream from God. There is an appointed time for that dream to begin to grow and mature inside of you. And there is an appointed time for that thing to spring forward. And and you got to understand this because if not, you're going to live your life frustrated. You're going to always think you should be somewhere else. But God's got you right where you need to be for this moment and this season for the appointed time. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's an appointed time. There's an appointed time for everything to happen in your life that should happen. And we've got to get to this place where I can rest and trust and know that God is God and he's really good at his job. And I've got to rest and be confident in the fact that the one who started a good work in me will bring it to completion at the right time and at the right moment that it needs to happen. But two mistakes that we make oftentimes, and there's, there's many that we make, but two of the ones that I thought about are this. The, the first mistake we tend to make is this. We, we want to rush it. When we have a dream for our life, we tend to want to rush it. We want it now. We've got the fast food mentality. Like, I want it, I want it now, and I want it my way. And many times when we try to rush it or force it is when we make a mistake in our life. A moment ago, we were talking about a man named Abraham. God tells him at 75 years old, you're going to have a son. And this son, through him, I'm going to begin to birth nations. Well, as time goes on, Abraham's thinking, well, you know, when's, when's, this, when's this thing going to happen? Like, it's been a few years now, God. Sarah's getting older. Sarah's beginning to wonder, like, how's this going to happen? And so they start talking, and Sarah goes, you know what? Maybe God meant for you to have relations with Hagar or Hagar, however you want to say it, have a relationship with her, and maybe through her, God will bring about the, the promised son. And so Abraham's like, okay, I mean, if I got to, I will. And so Abraham goes, has relations, <laughs> you like that word, relations, has relations with someone he shouldn't have had relations with and has a son with her that causes him a lot of grief in his life. And that grief happened because he wasn't patient. You've got to learn to be patient and wait on what God has for you. So, you know, sometimes a good pot roast takes some time. You could cook a pot roast in a microwave, but it's going to be terrible. We, we, we've got to allow that thing to get in the, the slow cooker. Your life is like a pot roast. It's intended to cook slowly and marinate, but if you'll give it the time that God has desired for it, when it happens, it's going to be delicious. And when it happens, it will be better than you could have ever planned for yourself, better than you could even think or imagine. Isn't that amazing? So wait. Turn to the person next to you and just wait. Trust. Rest. Some of us just need to learn how to relax, man. 
I need to do a whole course on just relaxation. Just relaxation, trusting God because he's good at his job. So the first mistake we make is we try to rush it. The second mistake we tend to, to make in life is when things don't work out the way we thought they should have worked out or it doesn't look the way I thought it should look, I abandon the dream. I walk away from it. And in life, there's going to be a lot of times that you're going to get frustrated and it's not going to look exactly like you thought it would look. It's not going to happen exactly like you thought it would happen. But you've got to stay in there. You've got to keep your head in the game. You've got to keep your focus and dwell on that vision. If God said it, it's going to happen. If God said it, it's going to happen. Some of you need to write that down and put it on your mirror in the morning so that when you're brushing your teeth, you can look at it and say, it's going to hit me, it's going to hit me. It's going to hit me, it's going to hit me. If God said it, it's going to happen. I can't get frustrated when things don't look the way I think they should look. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Then here's the catcher that we want to miss. Lean not on your own understanding. That means stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to tell God how it should be and how it should have worked out. Don't lean to your own understanding, but in all of your ways, Frank, begin to acknowledge him. What does that mean? Begin to call on him. Begin to call him for who he is. You are my provider. You are my keeper. You are my ever-present help in time of need. You are my salvation. You are my healer. And no matter what the situation looks like, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to hold on because that vision that you've placed inside of me will not delay. It may seem slow, but it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Turn to the person next to you and say, it is coming. So don't walk away. Don't walk away before you see it manifest in your life. Too many of us forfeit what God's wanting to do for us because we walk away from it. I wish I could go back and teach this to my 15-year-old self. Because now I've got the privilege of looking back on life and seeing the moments that didn't make sense in my life and how God has worked every single one of those things to my good. And that's what he's doing for you. He's working every moment in your life, the painful moments, the hurtful moments, the mistake moments. He's working it all together for your good. There's an appointed time. Somebody say appointed time. You know, the, right now we're building a building. You can kind of see the structure going up if you leave here today or when you leave here, not if. I plan on getting you out of here. <laughs> but... That building we are building was given to me in a dream before we ever planned on building the building. And I actually didn't even realize the significance of the dream. And I'll go more into it on our, whenever we open up. I want to share that dream in more uh, greater detail with you. But God gave me a dream of that building. I mean a dream, like a real dream of that building before I knew we would build that building. We were actually headed in a different direction. And then one day when I was praying right here, God reminded me of that dream. And I realized that I have already stepped inside that building. I saw it. I saw the chairs. I saw the color scheme. I even saw some of the people that are going to be there on that day. 
And so this process that's been going on for several years seems slow. It seems like COVID slowed it down even more. But when the builder calls me and apologizes to me, I say, it's okay. Do you know why I can be okay with it, even though I desire it? Because I know there's an appointed time. I know there is a time that God has set in motion that we will walk in and step into that building. And when we do, the Spirit of God is going to visit us there and do incredible things for us. There's an appointed time. You've got to understand this. Don't, Don't allow this message to go in one ear and out the next. There is an appointed time for every single thing that you need in your life. So don't rush it and don't try to make it happen on your own. Now, I'm not saying don't do what you should be doing. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. You've got to do what you can do. But at some point in time, you've got to step back and allow God to do what only he can do. And when we talk about delayed dreams, it's impossible to go through this subject without looking at the story of Joseph. He's actually the great-grandson of Abraham who we were talking about before. And when he's 17 years old, God gives him a dream for his life. And he gets so excited about this dream that he goes and tells his brothers about it. Which let me just pause right here and say, you gotta be careful who you share your dreams with. Because there are people out there that will do everything within their power to crush your dream. And it's not necessarily because they're evil people. I mean, obviously, we've got enemies out there. We've got people that don't like us. We've got people that are going to talk bad about us no matter what. But there are people out there that love us and think they're giving us sound advice when they speak to us, but they haven't seen what you have seen. And because they haven't seen what you have seen, they'll give you every single reason for why it can't happen. And there will always be a million reasons why you can't do something. But let me give you one reason you can. His name is Jesus Christ. And through him, you can do all things. You are more than a conqueror. And if he is for you, nothing can be against you. So sometimes you've got to take that dream and like Mary, you've got to just ponder it in your own heart. Don't go telling everybody about your dream. Ponder it in your own heart and allow God to begin to manifest that dream inside of you and give you a clearer picture of what that dream's going to be before you start releasing it to everyone around you. Because Joseph goes and tells his brothers about this wonderful dream he had about ruling over them. And if I had a dream about ruling over my brothers, I need them to hear that. I mean, Heather, if you had a dream about ruling over Sally, that's something you should share with Sally. I'm going to be greater than you, you know? And so I can, I can imagine, like, Joseph's thinking, like, this is going to be a great idea. I'm going to go tell my brothers one day they're going to serve me. They're going to bow before me. They'll get excited about that. No, no. They get ticked off. And so they throw him into a pit. And they intend on killing him, but God's favor is on Joseph's life. So one of the brothers says, let's not kill the boy. Let's, let's sell him into slavery. Then we'll tell dad that he's dead. So they, they sell Joseph into slavery. And in this position of slavery, he begins to rise to very high ranks in his house. He has favor in his master Potiphar's eyes. But things go terribly wrong when all of a sudden Potiphar's wife falsely accuses him of doing some things that he didn't do. And now he's thrown into prison. And I can only imagine 
if I started my life with this wonderful dream of ruling and reigning, I wouldn't picture prison. I would never choose that to be a part of my story. And in these moments of life, what I'm trying to say is life itself will try to give you reasons to forfeit and walk away from your dream. Joseph could have walked away. He could have gotten bitter. He could have gotten angry with his brothers. He could have gotten angry with God and said, God, I'm here because you got me here. You're the one that gave me a dream. I wish you would have just not given me anything. At least I'd be at my dad's house. Now I'm here. Are you following what I'm saying? And, and life will do that to us a lot of times where we'll get so, we can get frustrated and we can get mad. But Joseph held on to the dream and you've got to hold on to the dream no matter what's going on in your life and no matter what anyone is saying to you you've got to hold on to the dream and you got to hold on to the god that gave you the dream you know i was thinking about walt disney i don't know if you're familiar with his story but there was a time in his life that he worked at a kansas city newspaper as an illustrator and he got fired. And the reason he got fired is because the editor said, Walt, you have no imagination. Think about that. You have no imagination. Well, Walt's got a decision here. I can either give up on my dream or I can keep on going. So you know what he does? He comes up with an ingenious idea. An incredible idea, something that no one has ever thought of before. And his friends steal the dream. His friends take it from him, take credit for it. Another opportunity to give up, another opportunity to walk away. Just like Joseph, I, you know, I was okay when I was in Potiphar's house. I was comfortable, and now I'm in prison. It feels like I'm going to be here forever. And some of you feel like you're going to be where you are forever. And I want you to know that this is just a season, not a life sentence. You need to remind yourself, this is just a season. It's not a life sentence. This too shall pass. And so Walt, after his friends steal his idea, decides that he and his brother are going to go into business together. So they start this company. You know what happens? It goes bankrupt. Yet another reason to give up on life, to give up on your dreams. But one day he's in an airplane and he's flying over Florida and he looks out the window and he sees this swampland and he says, that's it, that's it, that's it. Everyone else looked at that swamp and thought, that's just a swamp. That's useless land. No one can do anything with that land. But Walt saw a city. Walt saw a destination for people to come from all over the world to it. And now the man that had no imagination builds the place where dreams come true. But what if he would have given up? What if he would have walked away? We wouldn't be talking about Walt today. Your story's no different. Every single one of you are gonna go through painful moments, hurtful moments, moments that don't make sense, and you've gotta make up your mind. Either I'm gonna walk away, I'm gonna get frustrated, I'm gonna blame everyone, it's my dad's fault, it's my mom's fault, it's my grandparents' fault, it's because I was born here, it's because my skin color is this. You, you have those options. 
Or you can say, I know in whom I believe, and I do trust that God has a purpose for my life, and the same one that started it is going to bring it to completion, so I'm going to keep on going. I may fail, but I'm going to keep on going. Some of you in here, you've, got, you've had business ideas inside of you, and you haven't tried it because you're fearful of failure. Listen, don't get fearful of failure. If you fail, you've just learned another way not to do it the next time. Keep on going. Keep on dreaming. And so Joseph decides, you know what? This is not going to define my life. What I've been through will not define my life. What will define my life is the vision and the dream that God has given me. And he comes to this place where Pharaoh makes him second in command over all of Egypt. And I want you to see what he says in this place. Now remember, he's 17 years old when he gets the dream. By the time he says what I'm about to read to you, he's 39 years old. That's a long time to wait. But watch what he says in Genesis 50, verse 20. He says, as for you, he's talking to his brothers now. Because for those of you who aren't familiar with the story, his brothers have to come to Egypt to get food. And the person in charge is Joseph. And they don't even realize it's him. And you know what they do? They come and bow. The dream is now fulfilled. They bow. The dream's now fulfilled, and Joseph says this to him. As for you, you meant evil against me. It was your intention to harm me. It was your intention to hurt me. But God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Are you seeing that? You tried to stop me. You tried to hurt me. But all through it, God was working and positioning and moving me to the exact place I needed to be for the appointed time so that when people from the family of God get hungry, I'm there to help. God was working for my good. There's an appointed time. There's an appointed time. And so the first thing I've got to do, I've got to hold on. Turn to the person next to you and say, hold on. on. Yet keep on holding on. Ah, If I had an organ and some, I I get you guys screaming here, but I don't don't have that right now. You got to hold on. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. There are times in your life that you've just got to slow down and know that God is in control and he's working it all out. Don't get busy. Don't get frustrated. Just be still. Turn to the person next to you and say, be still. When things don't make sense around me, I've got to be still and know God. Now listen, everything I'm talking about today is centered around knowing God and his spirit being activated in your life. If that's not happening, all this stuff is useless. Because this is for those that have put their faith and their trust in him. Got to hold on. Joseph held on. He held on to the dream, but more importantly, he held on to the God who gave him the dream. Secondly, I want to say this, and this point actually hit me in the shower this morning. Not to paint a picture in your mind. I'm in there with my liquid soap and my Dr. Squatch shampoo and conditioner. Why I need shampoo and conditioner, I don't know, but it makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> it's not a life. No, well, I mean, you know, it's a season. <laughs> when, I get to, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have some serious hair, bro. 
I'm not even kidding. I'm going to be seven foot tall with really long hair. <laughs> but listen to this, because this, this is important. It hit me in the shower. I've got to hold on. I've got to know when to be still. But I've also got to keep on moving. Now follow this train of thought. God tells Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Abraham can't just sit around and wait on God to make him a father of many nations. Abraham's got to do something. He's got to start having relationship with Sarah. Because he doesn't know when the appointed time is. Are you catching what I just said? Some of you aren't getting it yet. You don't know when the appointed time will be. So all you can do is keep on doing everything that you know to do. You've got to see the vision, you've got to have the dream, and then you've got to start investing into that vision. What's going to get me closer to it? Because the closer I get to it, the closer I get to that appointed time. I don't know when it's going to break through. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I've got to keep on moving. I, I told my niece a few weeks ago, I was asking her, she's only 14 years old. I said, what do you want to do in the future? And she began to tell me the career path she wanted to follow. I said, start investing into that future now. Start sowing into where you want to go. While you're waiting, continue sowing. Continue investing. And if you don't like the harvest you have right now, consider the seed that you're sowing. Because your life is the sum total of the seeds you have sown. Are you, are you following that? So there's an appointed time, but I don't know when it is. And so I can't just be lazy and say, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll just give it to me. That's not the way it works. If I go fishing, I don't say if God wants me to catch a fish, he'll throw a fish in my boat. But that's how we live life. Well, if God wants it for me, if, if it be thou will. No, 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 I get out there and I throw the lure. And I don't know at what moment the fish is going to bite. I don't even know if the fish is going to bite that day. So what do I do? I keep on casting the lure until the appointed time and I catch the fish. It's the same thing with life. Stop sitting around and doing nothing. An appointed time is not an excuse for laziness. And some people will hear this and take it as an excuse to do nothing. Yes, I have to hold on. Yes, I have to be still. But I've got to do what I know to do. I've got instructions from the Lord already in his word. While I'm waiting on a fresh word, I've already got his word. And I've got to hold on to it. I've got to walk it out. Then I'll find success and prosperity in my life. The third thing is this. And this is important. Enjoy the favor of God in every season of your life. You don't get to determine the seasons that you walk through. But you do get to determine whether or not you're positioned in the favor of God. Joseph didn't choose the pit. But in the pit, he found the favor to not be murdered. And he gets sold into slavery. Yet another terrible situation that he did not choose, but... God's with him, and in slavery, he finds favor. Then he goes from slavery into prison, and in prison, he finds favor. Then he comes out of prison, and he meets with Pharaoh, and again, he finds favor. What am I trying to tell you? You may not choose the season that you're in, but you can find the favor of God in every season. You can be fruitful in every season. You can be fruitful in every season. You can have joy and peace in every season. You may not be where you want to be right now, but you can have and experience the favor of God in every season and in every moment 
of your life. And the final thing I want to say to you is this. When we talk about purpose and destiny, you have to understand that it works like a stream. People oftentimes want to know, like, well, what's my purpose? What, what's my destiny? And the answer is this. It works like a stream. If you've ever gone and gotten in a stream or a river and sat in a tube, you just get in and the stream begins to take you. It's the same thing with God. The closer you begin to get to him, you'll step in and he'll start moving you. And the stream that you are currently in doesn't mean that's the stream you'll always stay in, but it's that stream that leads to the next stream. And then this stream will lead to this stream. The pit will lead to this. The, this will leave, lead to the prison. The prison will lead to this until I finally get to the appointed time and I go, that's it. This is why I'm here. And dating, a date with destiny, hear this, a date with destiny is more than just a one-time thing. Sometimes we think it's just like an aha moment of like, I've arrived. It doesn't work that way. It's an ongoing process of staying in the stream and allowing God to shift you and move you as he wills. And your destiny is fulfilled when you stand before him and he looks at you and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Until that moment, you keep on moving in the stream. You don't necessarily even know where it's gonna take you. Can I tell you that? In my life, I've not always known where God was going to take me. I had a dream. I had a vision. I knew he was going to do something, but I didn't have a clear picture of it. I just had to trust him in the process, and he continued to always get me where I needed to go. I didn't have to fight it. I didn't have to struggle with it. He just moved me. He led me. That's the benefit of having the Spirit of Christ inside of you. He moves you. He leads you. He guides you and gets you where you need to be. For those of you who are watching online, if you've ever been frustrated with the process of your life, I just want to say this, relax. God is in control, and he will get you where you need to be. Stop looking at everything that's going on around you and just begin to trust him. Begin to acknowledge him, because sometimes the delay that you feel, you feel like it's a delay. You've got to hear this. Because this may be for someone watching, but this may be for someone in here. Sometimes you feel like it's a delay, but God's actually taking you through a process to teach you something. Because you think the thing you're going after and the thing that you desire is what's going to bring you fulfillment in your life. But it's actually the Spirit of Christ that brings fulfillment. And so he's taking you through this process to where you begin to lean on him and trust him and find satisfaction in him. That's why the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things, then all the stuff that you need and desire, I can add that to you, but he's the source. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody that's watching or listening to the podcast and I ask that you would touch their heart and their life. Lord, I ask that you would lead them and guide them to where they need to be. I ask that you would cause the dream to live inside of them once again. In Jesus' name, amen.